As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers! Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill The Adams, Hogan Johns. All right, Bears fans, we're down to the last quarter of the season. The team is one game out of the playoffs. One game. (laughs) This is the stretch run. Everybody get excited. Oh, that's not the current moon. That's not not (laughs) what we're going for here. I was not expecting that, but the math says it's possible, I guess. No. What, what, it's just funny. Like I, you, you kind of forget that. Um, and I was looking. At, I was just looking at the standings this morning. I'm like, you know, they are one game out of the playoffs, <laughs> but it does not feel like it feels like they're five games out. And to think they, that they could realistically get in at this point is insane. Because I think their playoff chances are actually six percent. Yes. They're. <laughs> do you remember when they were like ninety percent? Mm-hmm. When they were five and one. Remember when the Bears were five and one? Yeah, yeah. Um, when you look at the standings, I think all you need to know about the Chicago Bears is that right now they have the same record as the Detroit Lions and I believe the New York Football Giants. Am I wrong? And the Washington Football Team. <laughs> you know what's That's crazy? how bad it's got. The NFC East could get two teams in the playoffs. <laughs> all right. That would be great. That, now, that's a story from the NFC least to the NFC, I don't know. I mean, they had the two best that's, wins of the week against the yeah, Seahawks and the Steelers on the road. And one of them is going to get in the playoffs because they have to win the division. The other is only a game out of the playoffs right now. That would be Just crazy. like the Bears. Just like the Bears. I have both teams ahead of the Bears in my... Uh, well, the Giants are way ahead of the. I had the Giants ahead of the Bears last week in my power rankings. Now Washington's ahead of them too. Detroit's ahead of them. Pretty much everybody that, but the Jets and Jaguars. Yeah, as they should be. So, 
I think the, the, the standing watch that we should be doing is how low does this go and whether or not they could go all the way up to the number seven picks. I think that's yeah. as far as they can drop. Theoretically, as far as they, can, they can get higher if they lose out and get a lot of help. But I think set, I wrote this in my 10 Bears. I think seven is kind of like the realistic possibility if you're thinking as optimistic as you can in terms of draft pick, which is just crazy to think about. When they were 5-1, and one, you never would have thought there's a chance they could be picking seventh overall. Then you're back into that conversation for quarterback. But that's a different podcast for a different time. I have a fraps in a different year. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be doing that podcast a few times coming up here. Here it comes 2021. Uh, welcome in. Hogan John's here with you as uh, we look ahead to week 14. and Just to pour salt in the wounds, Deshaun Watson coming to Soldier Field. Counting to 12 at some point in the game, I'm sure is going to happen. Uh, welcome in. Doesn't have enough fingers. Sorry, Adam. Well, you know, you can uh, you get to ten, two feet, and you start using your toes, or I don't know, Just point to the scoreboard or whatever. Right. At general uh, picture in the National Football League. <laughs> I don't know. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E at Adam Johns J A H N S. Uh, read us my ten bears things up at NBCSportsChicago.com. And, of course, all Johnsy stuff is on The Athletic. TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can go sign up. You get a great deal. You also get Kevin Fishbane. We're going to hear from Kevin Fishbane on this podcast in a little bit. But, and we tease this on Sunday, Mark Silverman from Waddle and Sylvie is here. He's got beef. He's got issues. I think with both of us, most recently with Johnsy, this guy. It's time to settle all of this. I think so. So we're going to do that. Um, but first, your voicemails from the week. Uh, I'm. We've been on quite a streak here of voicemails. Remember when the voicemails were like calm and happy? I don't. A couple months ago. Not anymore. When the Bears were 5-1, and one, yes. Remember a lot of things that were a long time ago. Uh, anyway, Bears <laughs> lost again. In epic fashion <laughs> to the Detroit Lions Sunday. You're well aware. Here are your voicemails from Sunday. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hogan Gatch, John's a babe, it's about the Brocky. I'm here walking into Soldier Field, waving my white flag of hope and uh, prosperity for the Chicago Bears. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Boys, we got Mitch back under center. He's gotten us up time to get the reins and learn how to do stuff. And I believe, I believe he's going to turn around and make a difference and be that... Hall of Fame quarterback for 50 that we know and love. You know, it's like when I go to the doctor, you know, every year for my doctor test. And, uh, you know, he tells me I got to eat salad. And he reaches into his bag of lettuce and he stuffs some lettuce into my face. You know, in between him reaching into the bag of lettuce and stuffing into my face, I think, you know, maybe this time there'll be a steak or a sausage. You know, maybe this time there'll be something delicious. It doesn't usually happen. You know, it's pretty much always still lettuce, but... uh. You know, I still got that hope. It's my right as an American to hope, and I hope that Trubisky is going to turn it around. Let's go, Bears. 
Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We deserve this one, okay? Uh, what is it? Ten and six. Ten and six. Go Bears! All right, fellas. I don't want to hear no more Dean Montgomery slander. That man is a dog. Hey, Bears fan. Man here. I'm bringing some positivity back to the voicemail line. Bear down. As soon as I'm out, they pull me back in. Just either let the team die or be good. Take one or the other. You're killing me. Hey, it's Papa Hoke. I love seeing Nagy working the sidelines. He's got those players fired up today. He's looking like Coach Fitz. Bear down. Hey, 23, 13 and a half. A semblance of offense and running the ball. What the hell is going on around here? Why, why do you start passing when you've been running all game and it's been flipping working? Every single time we call a timeout, every single time it's a busted play or a sack. There has not been one this entire season that does not result in a busted play or a sack. What is wrong with us? Bears fumble inside their 10-yard line with under two minutes to go. And of course, we're just going to point to Mr. Bisky, but Pace needs to be fired simply due to the fact that he let this offensive line crumble. <laughs> Man, I don't even know what to say, but uh, what are we doing? I, like, honestly, what are we doing? What are we doing here? What are we doing? This is ridiculous, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Bears fans everywhere are sick of it. <laughs> I don't. I cannot. You know, it's unbelievable and totally believable that Mitchford fumble inside the 10 at the end of the game. It's just, I mean, God. There's just no excuse right now. If Matt Nagy does not have a pink slip in his office after today, I'm done with this team. It's got Nagy's hands all over it, especially that first series. Pagano has got to go. We can't run around defense yet, persist with it. Shocking, absolutely awful. Starts with the head coach. Starts above him with the GM that hired him. Starts with the team president who hired him. Clean house, bear down. I am certainly, I just cannot believe how good this team is at finding ways to lose. Boys, I mean, what the f*** was that? I'm actually starting to think we should keep Nagy. He's a proven loser, and we need the best draft pick we can get. My goodness, boys. I can't believe this. This is incredible. Why did Mitch Trubisky make our defense suddenly one of the worst in the NFL? You gotta be kidding me, right? We were up 10 against the Detroit Lions with six minutes left, and we f***ing blew it. Fire everyone and blow it the f*** up. This team f***ing sucks. They just got beat by the Lions, guys. The Lions. Lions. Fire everyone. Bear down. Pace, Maggie, you're fired. These bears f***ing suck. Fire everybody. Fire the janitor, too, like that caller said last week. this team. Go, not bears. Good Lord. Fire them all. And yes, Johns, even the boogeyman should be fired. Giving up on the Bears. I'm joining the Packers. I'm going to the dark side. I don't know how you can watch this team and enjoy it. It should it should be cruel and unusual punishment. Is really what it is. Bears fan from Canada here. I just made a f***ing Detroit style pizza before the Bears lost, just because it's so good. But now that they lost, it tastes even better. Tank baby. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's all I'm gonna say. Colby, John Z, 
Bob Dabrowski calling in here from a very sad, melancholy Chicago, Illinois. Uh, what can I say? My face has been stuffed with lettuce yet again. Here we are in Chicago looking at a theme that's just a steaming pile of Christmas poop. Mr. Hanky come to life yet again in December. The only positive I can take away from this is uh, 5 and 11. That's what we're going for now. I mean, there's no there's no really question about it anymore. It's, um, you know, the... The whole hope for uh, hope for a good stake for the end of the year. Eh, that's nothing no more. So, I, you know, if you've come to this. I've come to this realization. I, I'm sure a lot of people have slowly, probably a little faster than I have over the course of this year. That that uh, you know things need to change, and it starts with a certain Mr. Phillips, I believe. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. 2021 is going to be a better year for everybody, I believe. So let's go Bears. What is Christmas poop? South Park. Mr. Hanky, right? Oh, I'm not a South Park guy. Sorry. The, the dancing piece of poop that would sing Christmas songs and have that high-pitched squeal of a voice. Yeah. You know, when this pandemic... There's a lot of things I'm looking forward to when this pandemic is over. <laughs> <Actually> kill- <laughs> Sorry. I'm still laughing at a Christmas poop yeah, reference. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm an adolescent. I apologize <laughs> for not knowing that reference. But I will say this. Whenever this is over and we can... Uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to is getting this podcast back in a bar for a live show and seeing Bob Dabrowski and uh, his craziness live in person. You're right. Fair? I'm really looking forward to the next live show. Get some Miller Lights going. Yeah. Get a burger and a beer. Uh, it's ice cold Miller it's Light. Painful. And you know what? Um, the one thing I'm I'm I forgot to bring this up on the post game pod. So I'm glad it was brought up in the voicemails. But the one caller that was absolutely right, the whole season, every time they take a timeout, something bad happens. It's unbelievable. I don't even it's it, it's actually that might actually be the one thing that's crazier than the third the third quarter struggles. I'll I'll tease something here because I know we got Mark Silverman coming up and the fishman. But the fishman is on to something on these timeouts. You know, he's got his fun facts. He's done his research. He's done his homework for you, Vic Fangio. He's got something for it's you. Just, it's crazy. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. The moment everyone's been waiting for. We've been looking forward to this as well. Mark Silverman from ESPN 1000 is on the Hogan Johns podcast. Sylvie, what's up? It is great to be on with this legendary podcast. Yes, I can't <laughs> wait to talk bears with you guys. Well, well Sylvie, it's good to see you. We have a lot to get to. Um, where do you want to start? I know where you want to start. You want to start at the top, right? That's where I want to start, yeah. And, and, and this whole thing started because of the boogeyman comment. <laughs> and, and I was going... I was going back and forth. Here's the thing that I don't understand. You guys dissect it. You guys are very close on the Bears beat. And sometimes, as someone who's been on the Bears beat before, I just think sometimes you could be too close 
to the situation and and maybe a zoom out approach is a little bit better. And I was going back and forth with my guy, Jeff, too, on the Bears blog about this. I have nothing against Ted Phillips. Ted Phillips was very good to me when I was a young reporter on the Bears beat. I just feel like if you can change ownership and we can yell and scream about, hey, what can the Bears do to fix the the years and years of problems that they've had where they've not been able to set up a model of sustained winning? And why has that been? We can't change the owner. We can yell and scream about it. We just can't do it. So where do you go next? You go to the team president, the guy who's been in many interviews for coaches and for general managers. And if you're going to set out on a new mission again, where you're going to hire another general manager or another coach, you just can't continue to repeat the process that has caused failure year in and year out. I understand that Ted Phillips isn't a guy who's been in on football meetings, but I want a restructure of this team. And if you want to move Ted over and just cause and set up a Cubs model and have a president of business ops, and then over on this side, you have a president of football ops. We have the proper checks and balances and Ted never has to get into Matt Nagy's business or the next coach's business or Ryan Pace's business or the next GM's business. Uh, that's the way that should be. I just, I want George to look in the mirror and do, do a thorough review. And I hope he's doing this already of what's gone wrong with his franchise under his leadership. See, I, you and I, we 100% agree on this. That, that's, that, that was my whole premise of the column. Now I think we, you and I may degree on, may disagree on the, let's call it the degree of villainy. <laughs> that, that Ted Phillips is, I, I don't know, maybe you see, we use Marvel references a lot on this. So, Sylvia, so you got a son, like, so sure. you may see, like, Thanos, and I see, I don't know, Ultron or something. So it's not good. And, and it is time for, for a change. I, I, I really strongly believe that. So when I came up with the idea for the column, that there's all these rumblings about how George is mad right now in Hallis Hall. And I'm like, it's he's got to be mad enough to consider this. Like, like eventually... This has to be on his table. Like Ted Phillips has been in charge of my football operations since 1999. Yes, it's it's just time. As much as I like him, not me. As I'm talking like George McCaskey. As much as I like him as a man, as much money as he's made for my family, it's just time. This has not worked out. This has definitely not worked out. We're not the sustained winner, like you said, that we expect to be as the Chicago Bears. John's. I mean, it, it's seriously like. And I'm still getting into the Marvel stuff because they're young, but I, I'm, I'm like, so I don't know, like the, the the villainy, like it just set me off with the boogeyman, like who's calling him the boogeyman, and I, I and like I've said, the boogeyman is fake. Ted Phillips is real, yeah. and and like you said it perfectly there. It's just time. Joe Madden came in and he won the World Series, and after five years, it was time. Theo Epstein came in and redid everything the way the Cubs do it. And after nine years, it was just time. John Paxson had his run. It was just time. When Rocky took over the Hawks beat, something you know really, really well. And then when Rocky said, what was wrong with the way my dad did it with Bob Polford? And it was time to do things differently. There have been much greater people that bigger slices of success in these four sports teams in Chicago where it just became time. I don't understand why 
you've got a guy with 20 plus years and anyone can argue that it's not time. I think that's kind of the crux of this whole thing. And you have very smart people in sports that have talked, whether it was Joel Quinville, Theo Epstein. There's another good name. They, they, they say, you know, 10 years, 10 years, yeah. and, and, and it's just healthy for everyone to move on sometimes. And I think if there's one thing we can totally all agree on with the Chicago Bears, that's just not how they operate. They've been, they're so comfortable in running this family business the way they've been doing it forever that I think sometimes they don't realize that they have people in, and I think it goes way beyond Ted Phillips. I think there's other people in other areas of that organization too that fresh ideas are good. And it doesn't even need to mean that, like you're talking about, you just you can move Ted Phillips into a different role. You can, you can move people around, bring new voices in, though, because the league is changing. Whether right. we're talking about positions in the actual game on the field or behind the scenes with ownership and like... Look at what's going on in Carolina right now with with David Tepper. Like that, new voices are coming in. They're doing the business is changing, and just insisting on doing things the same way all the time isn't always the right way of doing things. And I I think more specifically, Sylvie, it goes to the hiring, and that's what I've been arguing. And I know we've had our disagreements kind of weirdly sure. on social media and stuff because. Uh, you know, all of a sudden at like three thirty on a Wednesday, we'll get <laughs> tweets flying in. And you'll, I love you'll hear that we mentioned Hogue or we mentioned Johns. We're, we're on you, some we're on some list with Cap. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know we love your show. If we weren't so busy, I would listen to every minute every day. But obviously, that's not realistic in life. And so it's really funny sometimes when I'm working, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Why am I getting five tweets in a row mentioning Waddle and Selby? What no, is wait. happening?" And a whole look, we won't mention, I don't mention names of guys I don't like on the show. Like, that's the thing. Like, like there are certain guys now that I've got, when I want to go for Bears stuff, you know, and obviously we have JD, who's, you know, such a good friend and someone who's been there for so long. And Weeder has been a, a part of our show. But there are guys who I, who are quote, quote, competitors now of ours, who I go to. And like, and you're one of them, you know, and John's, you know, I've been a fan of John since he was on the Hawks beat. So like, it's like, and, and I'll, if I mention your name, it's because I love you guys and you're so connected. But I think something that you said that was interesting is even the P other people in that organization, if you, if you don't evolve, you die, you know, you have to evolve. You have, and, and that's when you have to move on from people. If they're not evolving, this Oh, this is the same franchise that in the rise of analytics and in the rise of great general managers where more people have been added to sports franchises, to scouting departments, to the analytical studies and everything like that. In the late 80s and all through the entire 90s, while they were adding other teams across the country, this is the same franchise that said it's cool to not have a general manager. Let's move away from the GM. Like all these organizations are adding assistant general managers and additional scouts. And the Bears said, okay, we're getting rid of Venisi. Let's not replace him. Like they're going in the opposite direction. And I would just like George who cares. I really believe, I don't know George well though. I really believe that George wants to win. I just don't believe he knows how to win. And I am hoping that he's going to be motivated by the embarrassment to do those things that you that the three of us are all agreeing on that they should do. What would be the most bears thing 
though, at the end of the year? Is, 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 it, is it, well, it keeping you know everybody? <laughs> you know, my first blush answer was going to be keep everything the same. But I think the one thing that we found out under George is that when he's pissed, he'll change. Yeah. Like Tressman and Emery, that wasn't long. And and like I covered Dave Wanstead. Dave Wanstead survived 0 and 7. You know what I mean? And oh, 97 was terrible. He survived that and he got 98. He never should have. And um, he doesn't have the patience. Three years of Fox, you know, uh, the short lived nature of Emery, two years of Tressman. So I don't know what, what, what the Bears thing would be, but I don't, I think. I think George has shown you that he's got a lack of patience and he's cool with moving on. There, there was a, a time where the messaging from the organization really bothered me. And I just want to bring it up now because they're, they seem to be going down that path where the messaging should be very important again. Like I would like them to know that it's okay to use the word rebuilding. When Fox was hired, you had all these – this is where I agreed with Cap a little bit is you had all these – different signals and wires were crossed, right? Like Ryan Pace has asked for patience. He's talking about patience. And then you got Ted Phillips in the auditorium, the atrium, the brand new atrium saying that we want to win now. And John Fox is a win now coach. And, you know, when you hire a coach that's old, you know, maybe he should be win now. But you had all these, like, it just didn't seem to be cohesive. We, we always throw it around, throw the word around uh, synergy. We use that word a lot here because Phil Emery, used it and we joke around about it, but there was like no synergy with the John Fox era. I, you know, I strongly believe that Ryan Pace didn't even want the guy, but it's, as we go down this road, like, what do you want to hear as, as a Chicagoan, as a guy who works in sports media for, for this long, like, what do you, like, what would be the right message? I don't care who delivers it. Maybe it should be George McCaskey. Like, what should his message be to Bears fans? Yeah. Yeah, like, what do you want to hear? Like, what would, like... Well, okay, so if I were to do a mock press conference, and I'm, you know, because that's their style. They like there's these mock press conferences. And if <laughs> Get Larry I was teaching, Mayer in there. <laughs> if I was teaching, and it's funny, too, when I was on the, the coaching search that changed everything, when I was on the beat, um, and they had the screw up with McGinnis. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The reason they each guy who came in, Jerron and McGinnis, and um, I forget who Gunther Cunningham and all these guys, they brought them in front of the podium after their interviews. Why? Because they were filming it and they wanted to see how each would do in the press conference environment. And I'll never forget. I turned to uh, Bob Laguerre after the Dick Jerron interview and I go, well, that guy's not getting it. <laughs> and then one day McGinnis fiasco later, sure enough, there was uh, Dick Duran coaching the bears. But I would say to George, I would say what I want to hear. And, and it, the substance matters because you can have a really good guy up there like Matt Nagy. And then he gives you the word salad as Waddle calls it. And he's just one day he's saying one thing and the next day he's saying the next another thing and it just makes you want to pull your hair out like Matt sometimes you want to say less like sometimes you need the John Fox answer sometimes you need the Bill Belichick answer sometimes it's too much but if I were going to George I would say I'd sit down and look him in the eye and say George here's what you need to say you need to get up there and you say I know you've heard this from me before um and I know I've said that my mom's pissed she is I'm pissed my family's pissed and because we're pissed we're not going to repeat the same mistakes we made the last time we were pissed. I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk to every person possible. 
I'm going to talk to Rocky Wirtz and find out how he changed the, the Blackhawks. I'm going to talk to John McDonough as he was the president and figure out how he helped Rocky. I'm going to talk to Tom Ricketts and find out when he took over, how did he change things on the way uh, the, the Tribune ran it. I'm going to talk to the Rooney family and they're a lifelong family business. Why do they hire the same GM and keep them for 20 years? Why do they hire the same coach and keep them? Why do they keep winning? Why do they keep finding the right wide receivers and quarterbacks? What are they doing that we're not doing the same way that the Cubs went to the Red Sox? I'm going to take every rock and I'm going to turn it over. And not every rock is going to have an answer. But if it does, I'm going to process it. And I'm going to make sure now that we're not going to repeat the same mistakes that we've made in prior years under my family running this team. I would hope that some of the things you said, talking to Tom Ricketts, talking to Rocky Wirtz, talking to Theo Epstein, mm-hmm. are happening are happening right now. now as we're talking right now, right now like I, I hope he's texting with Theo right now. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Like, he should be doing that already. Like I know, and, that should, and that should not. He should even tell Ted he's doing it. Like he should already be brainstorming about what's next if this continues to fall off the, the rails here. I don't see that stopping. He should already be proactive about what's next for the Bears. Uh, and one thing that caught my hog. I know you wanted to get in too. I don't want to like hog the mic here. Um, but the one thing you mentioned too about this, like Ryan Pace thing, not maybe even wanting John Fox. Like when people say to me that Ted Phillips isn't a part of football, this is what pisses me off. This is why I get so pissed because that stuff shouldn't be allowed to happen. Yeah. When you go out and you hire a search firm and you identify Ryan Pace because he's brilliant or you think he is, and he's got all these ideas, and then you hamstring him with not pairing him up with the coach that he wants, where's that coming from? Ted Phillips was in the room. Why is Ted Phillips enabling Ernie Acorsi to allow that to happen? That's the flaw in the process, the flaw in the process with Trustman and Arians, the flaw in the process of your general manager going rogue. And while the Kansas City Chiefs are putting every quarterback under the microscope and it's going from Veach to Dorsey to Reed to, to Matt Nagy as the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. This is a huge decision, guys, that we have. We're going to put this through every filter that we have. But yet our guy is going rogue and the coach doesn't even know. And this is a life-altering, franchise-altering decision. And there's no football president at top to say, hey, listen, Ryan, I know you love Mitch. I know you think he smells like you. I know you think he looks like Drew Brees and acts like Drew Brees. But let's really ask some tough questions. Why aren't we bringing in Deshaun Watson for an individual workout? You gave Mahomes an individual workout. You gave Mitch an individual workout. Why aren't you giving Watson that? Why aren't you sitting down for dinner with Watson? Why aren't these things in the process happening? And that's what pisses me off most because then you got to go to the top. Why are you having all these flaws and processes? And I can only look to the one constant, and that's Ted Phillips. It's the checks and balances, right? Right. If, if it's it's like the the Jay Cutler trade, even like a move that was praised, I think initially, especially 
right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, but I loved love, it. Like, it, loved it's, it. It's, it's still the, love you, it. You got the gunslinger, but like at the same time, I know there were people. I heard stories about people having doubts within the organization, but it's Jerry Angelo who wanted it going to Ted Phillips. That's the checks and balances. That that's another the degree of it. It's the Mark Tressman hiring. Like when Phil Emery went rogue in a sense and went with the CFL coach instead of Bruce Harrians, the coach of the year. It's it's like where's the Yes. Checks and, and, and balances. That's that's what it comes down to. That's why you have Theo Epstein and Jeff. And you Boyer. mentioned synergy. Like yes. that that should be uh uh all together. Everyone, we're all in it. And what he did with Fox is then all of a sudden now Fox isn't included and say what you want about Fox. Now you're turning over your prized quarterback to a guy who never wanted him, never was a part of the process, and you want him to develop him the right way in that first year. It doesn't make any sense in the way they do things. Well, and it just comes back to this. I, I, look, if they're going to really make changes here again, it, it, what we're all talking about here is the hiring process. It kind of all comes back to that. And it seems like there's been flaws in every single one of them. And so if you, if George McCaskey gets up there at the end of the season and says, all right, Ryan Pace is out, we're starting over, Ted and I are going to start the search tomorrow. Now you fucked that, up. No, Can I yeah, say that? Yeah, I mean, no, no, yeah, no, well, what is your, like, what's your reaction going to be on the radio, Sylvie? What's yeah. what every fan after how many of these do you get? It, uh, that's why I believe that. And, and I, 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 and I've had some conversations the last, even the last 48 hour, hours about this. I believe there is going to be significant change towards the top. I don't know what that's going to look like. Good. I don't know if that's going to look like Ted, going somewhere else or I know cap mentioned on his radio show, potentially retiring. Right. Uh, not, not cap, not cap. Retiring. No, right. Right. Uh, we yeah. all win then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, cap, I'm kidding. Cap. Cap's at least 25 years from retirement. The way he works. For sure. Uh, Did you see him catch maybe, that football after he's, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> Bounce right to him. That's the best play I saw on Sunday. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's so not cap like too. It was pretty amazing. Anyway, the point is, I think there will be change, Sylvie, because there has to be. Like, we're just at that point with yeah. this franchise that it has to, they're just, they're, you have to do it differently or you're going to lose your fan base. Yeah. And I think you guys nailed it too with you have to be working on this now. You, you, yeah. like, and I, I, look, I don't need a pound of flesh. I, I like Matt. I like Matt a lot. Like when I announced that I, I, I had cancer, I non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Matt Nagy on draft day called me. Like he didn't have to do that. He's been great to my kid. We've seen him at the deer path in, but I got to call it the way I see it. He was brought in to, to change the offense. I like him. Ryan's a nice guy too. They could all be my neighbors. That's what I've said on the show. Like they, I would love all of them to be my neighbors. They just can't run my favorite football team anymore. And I hope what John's and what you've said, hope that they're working on this now. The George is doing this and talking to as many people because guys, you know, this, there's a lot of competition out there. Yeah. There are teams who've gotten a jump on this. There are teams with really good situations who either have a quarterback, like maybe in San Diego, uh, like in, in the Jets who are going to get Lawrence and Jacksonville has got a boatload of picks and Houston who's got Deshaun Watson already. Like there are some really good jobs out there and a lot of them. And so if the bears are going to get this right, I hope George is, is working on it now. And I hope he's not swayed to not do it because there's too much competition. 
that would be another F up if they would do things that way. Right. You, you can't be afraid to do it. You can't use the pandemic as, as an excuse either because every NFL team is, is living and operating through this situation. I know it's less than ideal uh, across the board, but you can't look at the excuses and agree with them. You, you can't use that because I think there's enough information from this season, last season, to get a feel for where this is, is headed. And you're right with, with Pace and Nagy. Sometimes it just is what it is. The wins and losses, they speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah, and, and look, the if if the Reinsdorfs can do it twice, like this pandemic talk, you know, the Bulls went big. Like we've talked yeah. for, we talk about rinsing and repeating, and the Bulls with Gar and Pax. And okay, even if you do what they did with Pax, slide him over. You love him, you trust him. He's got a lot done for you, Ted. You're over here. You keep your office. We're just restructuring the way we do business. Again, I don't need a pound of flesh. I don't need Pace fired today. I don't need Nagy fired today. Like, who are you giving the jobs to? Just be working on this now, and I hope George is doing that. Well, the cool thing about doing this, Sylvie, uh, over Zoom, the way we're recording this right now, is that anybody can pop in at any time. And Kevin Fishbane is here, the fish man. And uh, he told us he really wanted Look to get that guy. In on this. Uh, I, I mean, I had to be on the Hogan job. I had to uh, with the Mark Silverman with Sylvie. I couldn't miss this opportunity. Yeah, Sylvie, actually, I had a question for you about this podcast because you are a radio legend in this town. And these guys are building a no. podcast empire here, the Hogan Johns podcast. I mean, it's an incredible show. Um, I've learned firsthand the audience, the fan base. How do you keep them from getting their heads to be too big? I think we're past that stage, aren't we? <laughs> I try every time I come on. I thought maybe you'd have some tips to keep them humble, but you know, you've gone through it, so I, I thought I'd try. I, I I think we are well past that stage, uh, but rightfully so. Uh, you know, we bust their balls a lot. They <laughs> they were talking about like the 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 mentions that when Waddle and I will mention that. Look, if there's, I think like there's a lot of Bears backing here, and I, I'm cool with that. But, um, but yeah, and, and, and like fish, like nobody, I was, t I was already blown these guys earlier about like how good their stuff is. Like we don't mention guys that we don't like, even if they are competition and it like, Ho works for GN and, but that's, you know, he's great at what he does. So we're not scared to mention him. And, you know, I think you have an exclusive down the dial, but you're like the king of like tweeting the great, the great stats. And like, I'm like, did you see what Fishbane tweeted? This is awesome. This is so good. So uh, keep up the great work. In all, the fun facts. Yeah, the fun facts. In all seriousness, though, Sylvia, you, what I what I really, truly do appreciate about you and Waddle, because you know I've worked in this business, and I, I worked at the score, and I've seen – this yes. isn't like a big secret. There's a lot of egos in the sports radio business, and a lot of times right. – and, and I've been guilty of this sometimes too. You lose perspective of the fact that we're all talking about sports and it's fun. Right. And so it's fun. These arguments should be fun and you don't have to get it, get so personal and get upset about things to the point where like it ruins your day. And what I always appreciate is that like you and Waddle always have that perspective. And it's always fun. And you can be angry about the Bears losing and you could disagree because John's 
calls yeah or says Ted Phillips is not the boogeyman or or whatever he wrote in that thing. But it's not personal, and that's what I appreciate because sometimes it, it gets it does cross a line and it, it does become personal and people get attacked that way. And it, and it should never be that way. So I do appreciate that with you. You like, you know what you never want to have? Like maybe if you have a football team or a baseball team and Theo Epstein's like the smartest person in the room, that's awesome. And, and like, if you have a smartest person in the room, hopefully one day at Hallis Hall, that's great. But if you're like the smartest person in the room in a studio for a sports radio show, you're doing the wrong damn thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like anyone who thinks that they're the smartest guy out there and you're hosting a sports radio show and you're not doing better or you're not doing more good for the world, then that's effed up. So that's the way I always look at it. I'm just a boob fan who has strong opinions and tries to educate myself reading the best stuff, the athletic, by the way. Like that's the best money that you can buy if you like sports. I mean, again, I have no affiliation with the athletic. Uh, I always sing the praises of the athletic because you got to support local great content. And that's what, and like, for what I think I just renewed again, it's an automatic. I think it cost me like thirty nine ninety nine for a year. So I don't even know what, but it's crazy. Like people think, Hey, I don't want to pay for this. I'll pay for Netflix. I'll pay for the athletic. And, um, Tell me with that subscription, you should get extra John Greenberg snarky tweets. Like you should get more. I do. I'm I, fish. I already get that, and um, it took me two years. I want to say, and like a cancer diagnosis to finally get the athletic tri- the the shirt. And I truly feel like Greenberg never would have gotten me that <laughs> if I didn't uh, tell the world what I was going through. So I was a sympathetic figure, and I finally have that soft athletic T-shirt. That's the only thing I've ever gotten, uh, like free from the athletic. He just set himself up for another yeah. uh, oh, tweet yeah. later today. <laughs> it is a good T-shirt, though. I have to say, I got, I got. It's a great yeah. T-shirt. It's yeah, a great. I get compliments t-shirt. on it all the time. How's the baby? Uh, he's good. He's 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 napping, which I think you guys, as his fathers, know it's almost the best time of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. We all know this, right? I mean, we're all dads. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Sylvia, I got good news for you on the fun fact. I've got a I've got something coming out Wednesday, in line with the third quarter uh, failures and in line with the first drive of game. I found I found something that uh, a, I got a guy on Twitter who asked me to research this. It's 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 right up there uh, with uh, how does this happen. So, I want to know, like, do they meet at a halftime and do they say, how can we get worse? <laughs> like, we have we have such a bad offense, but guys, when we get this football to start the third quarter, what can we do to be worse? Because it seems like if they did plan for that, it's kind of like the way I pick football games. Sometimes I think I should pick the exact opposite way of what I would normally pick the Costanza. Like, I feel like they should do the opposite of what they want to adjust with. Because I don't know how you can get away with scoring seven points the entire third quarter for the season. You just can't. I mean, that's it's my blank. Like not even looking into a field goal. Like it, right. it's great. You know, I like, heard. It, it's it, crazy. And you know what? That's the one thing I think Nagy is totally defeated with. I heard him. I was driving home last night because I was working downtown, and he the coaches show that he does with Joniak. He he that came up, and he's just he's like, ah, he's like honestly, I don't. Need, I I can't explain it. It's just like the weirdest. It, but they're obviously doing something wrong because you can't just chalk it up to like total randomness. It, it's just it, 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 it's not possible. 
Yeah, I mean, again, like what? That's why when Nagy's like, "Hey, if you do two hours of this, do three hours." No, you guys are prepping. You guys, I know you prep. I know you work hard. It's not that. Maybe it's Joe Madden's philosophy. Maybe they need a day where they don't watch film and they come out and they have a American Legion day and they just throw it and say, "Hey, wherever this shit goes is where it goes. Let's do it." And maybe it works because I feel like they're in their heads right now and they're just they're all twisted and they're working extra hard with no no fruits. Well, you know, I was thinking back to the 2017 glory days of uh, John Fox and Dow Loggins. That team had like a similar third quarter problem. Mike Glennon won the coin toss every single week. So they always deferred. So they always had an extra possession in the third quarter. So they had two chances usually to score and they often didn't. But the fact that we're sitting here Three years they're comparing this team yes. to the John Fox years and the Tresman years is just exactly the example of how far down this thing is spiraled. Eighteen million got you uh, winning of the coin toss. He was he was great at it, and and, and when he look when Bears travel Jacksonville, I expect Mike Glennon to be out there. He doesn't get to call it, but I'm sure he's going to win it. That's why I said last week, guys, this can get worse. You, you had you're playing the Lions, who Matt Nagy never lost to. You got Deshaun Watson coming to Soldier Field this week. You you prob you might be playing Mike Glennon in a few weeks. It can get worse. I hate to say it. That's and that's I, you're right about. Like I never thought they would have lost to the Lions. No. I was ready for a full flex. I was ready for Eddie Jackson and Club Dub telling everyone he told them. Uh, I I was expecting the Trubisky truthers to be out. I was expecting a full week of that. Okay, uh, they figured out how to run the ball in week what thirteen or whatever it is. Um, but yes, you're right. Like if losing to the Lions, I hope that's the last straw. But if they lose to the Jaguars, who want to lose, they want to lose. If you lose to them, then then it gets it gets a whole lot worse. You guys remember Club Dub? That was fun. It was so much. That fun. was a thing once. Two years ago was so much fun. I was like a kid again. That was one of my life. Like the the teams that I love. I have this list of teams that I love that never won a championship in any sport. And like my two favorite with the Bears is the 01 Bears with, you know, Washington and Trailer and Mike Brown and Erlacher and Jim Miller and A-Train. Um, and that team, that 18 team was so much fun. Khalil Mack was on a mission, and that defense was so freaking good. And Matt Nagy, I could have swore if you extended him for 10 years, it would have been money well spent. But it was all a mirage. That's why, Sylvie, and here's a take that you could take to the radio today and get mad at me about. I, I keep thinking about this, and I feel like Matt Nagy's going to get a second chance somewhere and be a pretty good NFL head coach. Maybe. Uh, Maybe like, like, I don't feel like Ryan Pace will ever get a chance to run a team again. He's going to be stamped with the guy who blew the quarterback situation and couldn't build an offense. But I believe that Matt Nagy, who will probably leave here with an above 500 record, um, after the first time and the way he comes across as a guy and learning and the whys that he likes to say, the why and the self scout. Like, I love it. He had this interview, Jesse was in with Waddle. And it was like the most refreshing interview in the off season. And he's telling us, uh, I asked him directly that I told him I wanted him to give up play calling duties. And he goes, Sylvie, I'm glad you said that. There's not enough accountability where you get someone on the air and they don't admit what they said. 
And I'm glad that with me here, you admitted that. And, and he went into why he's going to be better this year. And it all sounds so good on paper. And I could have swore it was going to work. And that's just the problem. And I hope he does find answers because he does seem like he's really a guy that cares, that wants to win, that players respect. And it's just a shame that it hasn't worked here. Well, I'll say this, Sylvie. Uh, it, it's obviously been uh, a tough year, and obviously for you more than anybody else. We are so happy, though, to see that you're healthy and the way you fought Thank through you. all that during such a crappy year. I can't even imagine how hard that was. And, um, you know, we were behind you the whole way, and I know our listeners are too. Thank you, guys. And, and with uh, like the support of like that, the, the Bears beat, and, and like so many smart guys on that beat. Um, and, and like the support, I was blown away with, with, uh, the unity. And I think it's cool. I think when guys are cool to each other and competitors, like at one time, Andy Mazur was one of my best friends. We competed, but we would still be friends because we're on the beat. Like you guys are all kind of coworkers, even though you compete in some way, shape or thanks, form. Sophie. So thanks for all the support and uh, keep up the great work on the pod too. You guys are awesome. Thanks for coming on, Sylvie. This has been a blast. See you guys. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Back with Kevin Fishbane, and we've teased this now twice in this podcast. So we were talking about uh, the insane dysfunction that has happened after timeouts this season. It's it's crazy how many times the Bears have called a timeout and had something bad immediately happen, like a sack, a penalty, substitution error, another timeout. Can you just call another timeout? That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they happened this year, I believe. Yes. It's it's insane. Anyway, so uh, our, our Fish Bane has some fun facts on this. Yeah, so I, I teased this to Sylvia. I should have just you know, but now Sylvie's going to have to read about it at The Athletic on Wednesday morning. And I expect our loyal listeners to do the same. It'll be much more detailed. But I went through and I excluded timeouts in the final two minutes of each half. I figured that's because those you're, you're generally calling timeouts to stop the Standard. clock as opposed to okay. um, not that the results after a lot of those timeouts were very good either. I should point out, but. But anyway, the reasoning just, for the timeout's different, so understandable. Exactly. Now, I did leave in a couple timeouts where um, 
so there were a bunch of timeouts that were just dysfunction. They come out, something bad happens. So 12 times the Bears have called a timeout uh, on offense, not in the final two minutes of either half. Got it. Of those 12 plays, only two of the ensuing plays after timeouts were successful. <laughs> two out of 12. Uh, and, and it's not so much of the 10 plays that weren't successful, just like, you know, they just missed it. They were like bad. You got three sacks, a delay a game. You remember in against uh, the Colts, the nine yard line uh, called timeout because they weren't lined up properly. They come back out and then Foles takes a snap to hand off to David Montgomery. Montgomery's already gone on a route. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that play came after a timeout. And that was and Foles admitted that was because he had the wrong check or whatever. Correct. After a timeout, he had the he had the two plays in his head reversed. So he checked from A to B, and it was really B to A. Yep. So uh, yeah, I'll have uh, a lot more detail on every situation, every scenario uh, off Wednesday morning at the Athletic. But it's it, and you know again there was uh, just another one that was interesting was against the Giants in Week Two. This was not a dysfunctional. T- reason to call timeout they were milking the clock but then the play out of the timeout it was third and nine it was a pass play which was strange in itself and it totally broke down and their lucky trubisky stayed in bounds um and then cairo santos missed a field goal so um yeah it's just it's it, it one thing i i i'm gonna try to make sure i illustrate in the story is i i don't think this is a a naggy, uh, excuse me, I don't think this is 100% a naggy thing. I think this is a great example of institutional failure, right? Because your your players aren't lined up. That That's that's a player problem. That's a coach problem. That's a head coach problem. That's everybody, not getting the details. And then you got bad execution when they go out there because there's a few times that the play, you know, look at uh, week one, fourth and seven, first quarter. Ted getting is open. Just a bad throw by Mitch Trubisky. A throw that was not tipped, by the way. You guys remember that from week one? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So sometimes the play call seemed okay, and they just didn't execute. So that's a player problem. So it's, it's just one of those things where as, you go, as, as I went through it, you kind of have to remind yourself, this is not just all on Nagy. This is every part of this team's offense has been broken this entire year. And this is just—it's just another example of it. Oh, I remember when Ted Ginn was a thing. He had that catch in Atlanta. Atlanta. That's like the theme of this podcast today: is remembering all these things that happened earlier this season that feel like they were five years ago. Yeah. You remember the week before the Rams game when the messaging was everyone thinks we're two and five, but we're five and two. Yeah. Turns out they were kind of zero and two six. and five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. So yeah, so that story will be out uh, Wednesday. Some more data in there about you know kind of why the timeouts were called, what uh, what happened afterwards. Um, not pretty. And, and one of my favorite parts. This is uh, cruel iron, not iron, but um, the best play out of a timeout the Bears had all year was followed by another timeout and then a bad play. <laughs> like, you can't even make this up. It's just... No. All you can do right now is kind of just chuckle at it, right? And it's it's like the third quarter stats, which we talked about with Sylvie and Kev. You and I go back and text about it, like, all the time. It just continues to just 
amaze me now. Like it, like you almost root for them not to have success in the third quarter because it's just consistently amazing just how bad they are in that in that quarter. It just it just blows your mind. Like again, how they cannot just luck into a field goal at all in any third quarter this season is is beyond crazy to me. Just just like a like a turnover or a long kickoff return or a punt return or just a a long you know drive that gets stalled. It just blows your mind. You know, I I've been very reflective. I guess the last couple of days. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm realizing this is all coming to an end here. And I'm and I'm honestly trying to figure out like where I misevaluated some of the stuff or bought in too much into what they were doing because I think we're probably all guilty of that to some extent. Yeah. One of the things I came to a conclusion with yesterday is I feel like one of the f- one of the faults of the Ryan Pace era is that too often did they fall in love with their own players to the point where they had where they thought they had a position solved as opposed to and I think the good NFL organizations do this oh we have a good player there let's challenge ourselves to find an even better player you know what I mean and Robert I, and Quinn I, what do you mean they had a it's, great it's player the, it's the opposite <laughs> they, they did that they got Robert Quinn that's <laughs> the opposite they did it no, no, they didn't. Adam, the the offensive line, I think, is the best example of that. Yes, where they they like, oh, we have um, Cody Whitehair. Yes, I, I was going to say it, it directly applies to Leno and Massey, but also Cody Whitehair, who's had a very uh, curious, concerning con, con, season full of concern. Here's Cody. Wh- Cody Whitehair should be your third best player on your offensive line. Not your. You shouldn't be content with him being your best. Like, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples off the top of my head, but there's just, there's like too much patience of like convincing yourself you love Leonard Floyd's traits and he's going to figure it out by year three. And it's like not enough critical thinking of, of, oh, but what if we're wrong? And like, think about, think about the Chiefs. It's like, oh, we have Tyreek Hill. Well, let's still add McCole Hardman. Oh, we have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who we drafted in the first round. Let's still go out and sign Le'Veon Bell. You know, like, they just keep adding more and more. They're not just like, oh, we love Anthony Miller and we traded up for him. So he's the solution. And we don't need to go out and, and get any more. I, like, it's, there's two, it, those aren't perfect examples. And it's not like the Bears have totally ignored all those positions. It's just... I don't think there was enough of that during the era where they're trying to convince themselves that Adam Shaheen's good and Anthony Miller is going to be a star. And these guys, they're mostly just guys. Yeah, and it's led to them. That leads to Jimmy Graham, right? You know, all like these mistakes lead to different things. And I think a lot of it too goes to the draft, right? I mean, Hogue, and I mean, you, you wrote it at the end of your 10 things, and I've said it for years draft a quarterback. Draft a quarterback. I, I'm looking at the Eagles situation, and, and we'll have something up later this, maybe next week, about comparing the Bears and the Eagles. But if I'm a Bears fan right now, I'm envious of Jalen Hurts. Just to have somebody that like might be something. Yeah. Right. Like you just you know they they got it. It's a again. I don't want to get too deep into this. And Robert Mays and Nate Tice talked about this on their podcast. You know, because Carson Wentz has the contract, so there's a lot of. Money situation, but they gave Carson Wentz that massive contract and then still used a second round pick on Jalen Hurts. And the Bears have refused 
to draft quarterbacks. They've refused to draft offensive tackles. They've refused to use premium picks on edge rushers for years. Again, after they draft Leonard Floyd, they're done. They don't need to draft anybody else, and they can move on. Uh, you know, the, like the positions they focus on in those early rounds, interior line, um, you know, wide receiver a little bit. Um, but like they, they just they've they've taken as you said they just get too okay. I I think this is a larger discussion. The worst thing to happen to Matt Nagy, and and in some ways Ryan Pace was for them to go twelve and four in twenty eighteen. Because, because it's all been downhill since then. You said of well, I think yeah. it created a lot of what I talked about, where yeah. they 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 thought they had all these solutions. And Charles Leno really went to the didn't. Pro Bowl that year. Cody yeah. Whitehair went to the Pro Bowl. They gave Bobby Massey a huge contract extension. And at the time, you know, you, we all saw that offensive line in 2018. That was not a problem the way they played that year no. for the most part. Um, but but it was far from it was far from elite, and correct, like that was correct. proven in the playoff game. When yeah. that eagle, the Eagles were just a more physical team. Look at what they did at running back that offseason, right? So the running back was the position they identified as being a problem. So they trade Jordan Howard. They signed Mike Davis. They trade up for Dave Montgomery. Not using a whole lot of resources, because, which is smart. But they didn't I have think. any. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's running back. You shouldn't. Um, but that was kind of how they overhauled that position. Uh, and it, it, obviously it didn't work. And then they learned, oh, maybe we should have been overhauling the offensive line for 2019 or overhauling the way we call run plays. I mean, they, like even when they tried to fix a position, it didn't work. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, as I was thinking about this, that was the one exception that I could think of where, okay, they're thinking, All right, we have Jordan Howard. He's pretty good, but we can do better. Um, and then I kept thinking about those like, yeah, but you're talking about a fifth round pick and it, that had more to do with fit than, than anything else I feel like. So I'm like still reluctant in that situation to actually give them credit for trying to do even better. And even if that is one example, there's just not enough of that. Like, so I don't know. That's I, I and the quarterback thing is the perfect, I, I think 10 years from now, we're going to be talking about, yeah, the Mitch Trubisky. I mean, that that's going to go down in history and talked about as long as this franchise exists. But I think those of us that covered the team, were also going to bring up like, not only was that the pick, it's the only quarterback that was drafted in those six years. I can't get over that. And I also think, too, like we're going to look back at Trubisky. And if you look back at the last just decade, right, of quarterback bus, I don't think he's even top five. If you look at guys picked in the top ten. And obviously there's a lot about what the Bears gave up to get him and then the Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes thing. We all know why and and where the team was at and and, kind of how he limited them. But you're going to look back at this too and realize how much the failures went so far beyond just drafting him. It was a coaching staff that didn't know how to use him. It was a, a, a personnel department that didn't build an offensive line correctly and didn't get this guy the playmakers that he needed. You know, like, yeah, the first mistake and the number one mistake was the wrong quarterback. But then they compounded it over and over again to make it worse to the point where, like, I'm not sitting here thinking Mitch is going to be a star and I don't want to go on another tangent with another team. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in the right offense with the right coach, with the right playmakers, if the guy is able to put to put up another good season at some point in his career. 
Hey, when I say good season, I mean his 2018 year, which was a perfectly average, fine season. Wouldn't that just be the salt and the wound? Yeah. Like yeah. continuously dumped into that wound over and over and over again. But it's, here we're, it's where we are. What gets me, too, with this, this draft conversation, and I focused on, on Cleo Mack here a little bit in my, my column today, and it's just the the draft capital that was parted with when when you went all in on what you had built, which both of you guys just raised serious concerns about, like believing too much in your guys for what 2018 was, what it could be 2019 and even now. But like they had some really small draft classes, man, like five-man draft classes, uh, a draft class that starts in the third round with David Montgomery. Like That's the type of stuff that sticks with you, not only just for the season right after that, but two or three seasons after that. And I know undrafted free agency becomes part of the process, and the Bears have had success in that area, but draft picks are still draft picks, and the Bears, with their use of draft capital in the Ryan Pace era, is 100% open to criticism. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State has been canceled. Wow. I saw that. I, Breaking news. The, you know what? I think of all the podcasts we've ever done, there's been the most that's happened during this one that we've been recording. Uh, I I don't even... I mean, Adam Eaton is a White Sox again. He's already hanging up on local radio stations. I'm getting texts of like DMs he sent people for... I don't know what the hell's going on right now. And I need it all whiteboarded to, for me. I, I'm freaking out. And... Now the game is can like the 2020 cancels Ohio State Michigan. That's just sad on its own. Um, and then what does that mean for Northwestern? Answer these questions, Fishbane. Is this is this my 15 seconds of Northwestern? It is. Big you get 10, and you get 15 on Adam Eaton too. Big Ten West <laughs> champs and hashtag earned it. I don't want to say hear anybody say that Kasson earned this title. Something needs to be said about the fact that Northwestern has had zero positive COVID tests. Knocking on wood here, like Fitz would want me to do. But well, I, except for me. But right. Knock on wood if you hear me. Where's the clip, Adam? Come on. Maybe the Bears should have hired that guy. Um, yeah. So I'm 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 excited about the Cats, a well deserved division championship, and we'll see who they play in the Big Ten championship. I I, I will say this, Hogue. I, I'm curious on your take i'm fine even as a northwestern fan if the big 10 changes their rules again to get ohio state to the big 10 title game like i don't what they should do is there there are there are ways for them to get ohio state a different game this week right that's what so it not to interrupt you but i agree like okay clearly ohio state deserves it out of the east so if they change the rules whatever but i don't understand why they have to yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there too. I don't think they look. Coastal Carolina and BYU played a game with three days of like when the game was arranged three days in advance. I mean, all the rules are out the window this year. Like I, I think it's, it, the Big Ten's changed the rules already with different things. I'm fine with it. You know, I, as a Northwestern fan, I'm not afraid of the Buckeyes. But like, it, does Ohio State really need to win the Big Ten to get in the playoff? I mean, here's here's what I think I think should happen. You play Ohio State, Michigan, Big Ten champion. So ha- keep the rules the way they are. Have Northwestern play Indiana for the Big Ten title because those are the rules that you created for this season, whatever. That's the game in Indy. Um, 
have Ohio State play Michigan, have Wisconsin play Minnesota because that's another rivalry game that didn't happen. Like that, and if Ohio State beats Michigan, they're still undefeated. They're still good enough to probably get in the playoff, regardless of not winning. Technically, winning this weird Big Ten title, I I, I still think that gets them in the playoff, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd, well. Does it get them in the playoff over the Big Ten champion Northwestern Wildcats? Yes. And that's good for Northwestern because then it creates a situation where you play in Indiana for one of the New Year's Six Bowl games. Although I will say, as a Northwestern fan, the only downside to winning the Big Ten championship is is that Fitz's you know, crowning achievement that will allow him to feel comfortable leaving. Hmm. Hmm. For what job, Kevin? <laughs> By the way, you want to talk about a guy taking uh, timeouts at interesting times. Let me introduce you to Pat Fitzgerald. He would be entering just like a whole different, and he knows that. He's smart yeah. enough to know that. But like the, <laughs> the, the difference in criticism he gets from the, uh, the Northwestern fan base to the Bears fan base to dealing with questions from the student reporters he deals with on Mondays compared to, you know, the three three jackos like us. I listened to uh, I've listened to a couple of his post game press conferences. I think ninety five percent of the questions he's gotten in those press conferences have come from student reporters. Shout out to Northwestern student reporters, do a great job. They do but do a good job. I think I, I can't imagine a head coach of a FBS school in the country has that kind of luxury where it's like like there like there is no there was the the Chicago Tribune nor the Chicago Sun-Times was represented at his uh or asked a question I should say I know the Tribune did cover the game um after Northwestern beat Wisconsin that was wild to me wow it, I mean can you imagine what how different that's going to be not only in the NFL if even if he was just at like a different program that is crazy yeah well John see have you enjoyed this uh and then, what? then he has to. What? Well, John's left us five minutes ago. We just yeah. forgot to talk about I'm, I'm he, not here. Imagine going from that, though, to Potsy. Yeah. Oh, Fitz would love Potsy. Probably. But it, they, they, it would take some time, but they would have a good, they would have With a good report. With all due respect, Pat. I, lo- I, I loved Potsy asking about uh, why the Bears can't get their receivers open. That was good. Yeah. I said Matt, all due respect. That means I can say whatever I want. I learned that from Rick Morrissey. Morrissey did that uh, during, a, a, I believe, a Mark Tressman press conference back in the day. Oh, that was the, with all due oh. respect, Mark, without Lance Briggs and Jake Cutler, you don't have much of a team. <laughs> 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 oh, memories. That memories. actually happened. Um, that was almost verbatim, too. All right. I got so much to catch up on. This is crazy. I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. I know I did. This was a fun midweek podcast. Thanks for Sylvie for coming on. Kevin Fishbane, great stuff. Maybe we'll have Adam Eaton on next week. I don't know. Maybe he'll hang up on us. I have what, is, what a weird hour of life this has been. Um, but we appreciate you being here. Do we have to preview this game this week? I guess we do. We'll do that on Thursday. Sean Watson's coming to town. See ya. And then Santa. I said see ya already. Okay. See ya. What is Christmas poop?